You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura. Oh, Laura, it's actually Larry, Laura, and Hillary today. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the second week in a row. Welcome to Supporting Siblings podcast. Uh, This is the second episode in a row of having a guest, and I'm very excited. Uh, You put together a couple of guests, and uh, welcome, Hillary. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me. So we want to do this more often and have, um, you know, we as Laura said, no one just, we just, we want to have guests and not always be the yappers here yeah. <laughs> and uh, get input from a uh, younger generation and, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. learn about what it did to you as a person. And so we'll just kind of have a, a little chat and, but why don't we start out Laura and Hillary, you guys uh, let us, uh, how you guys met in history there. So I I first got to know Matthew, which is Hillary's brother. Um, I taught, I teach, well, I teach at West Texas East High School. And Matthew was in my life skills English class. Um, Before I took on the program that I teach now, there was another program at our high school that another teacher taught, but he needed a plan time. And so I used to go in and teach life skills English. And Matthew was in my class and I, oh my gosh, I just love (laughs) Matthew. (laughs) He is so much fun and he is such a great um, person. And when you get to know him and you get to to work with him, it was a true joy and blessing. Um, And then I think I met Hillary um, right around the time, shortly after I met Matthew. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong. Are you, who's the oldest? Me. Okay. So, Matthew, you. when did you enter high school then? Probably 2007, right? Somewhere around there? Yeah. Yep. graduated in 11. <laughs> and so, Matthew was in my class, and then I was actually a class advisor um, for the class of 2011, and Hillary was in that graduating class. So, back then, when, they, when you were a class advisor, you started with your class as a freshman, and you moved right along with them until they graduated as a senior. And that's when I really got to know Hillary because Hillary was very involved in all of our events, whether it was homecoming, whether it was prom, whether it was uh, fundraising. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that happens there. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember those years. I think uh, yes. <laughs> my kids were there mm-hmm. around the same time you were doing, I think you Correct. were an advisor in one of those years. Yes, Jake was so, definitely there. I think Lara, Lara maybe came in one yeah, year, like a year later, and then she ended up moving. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so, so, but yes, but we have to, we have to. I'm sorry, our legacy as class of 2011 is we won hall <laughs> decorating four years in a row. Yes, we did. That's it. So, yeah, that's what I remember. I we remember. Were good. That, yes, <laughs> we that's were really cool. good. We took some long hours, but we did it. We did it. It was. So fun though like truly those are that is one of the best times I had as a teacher was working with this particular class of kids when I say that they were each each and every one of them were just exceptional I'm I'm making I'm understating it these kids were amazing we knew it when they came up 
we knew that they were exceptional. <laughs> yeah, I remember. No, I rem- I do remember you good. saying that all the time. How how wonderful! What a good group that was. So, Hillary, you, tell us. Yeah, tell us about your family. Or go ahead, share a memory about those years that stands I mean, out. These, I mean, my core group of friends. I'm fortunate enough that my group of friends. I still have a bunch of those from high school, and we still talk about those memories to oh. this day. And oh, you will the rest memories. of your life. I I have oh, yeah, a couple have. of friends. Uh, one one that I'm particularly close with, um, still to this day, very close. Kirk mm-hmm. and friends with Laura yeah. too. Those are yeah. special ones that that develop yeah, in those years. At times that you're just friends, you know, the rest of your mm-hmm. lives have become family. But let's hear about your family. Your family life is a family show. We'll talk about okay. um, where you know. Go ahead, your turn. So <laughs> I'm the oldest of three. Um, it is myself. Matthew, um, who is a middle child, who also has autism, and our younger brother, Jeremy. Now, there's three of us in two and a half years. So, we're ah. all very tight names. Yes. Um, so, I honestly don't remember a time before those two. Um, <laughs> and the joke running in our house is Jeremy came along and I got to walk everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's the three of us. Um, my parents actually divorced while we were in high school, um, but they're not the normal divorce relationship. We do family gatherings still all together. That's good. So we're That's very excellent. fortunate in that. Um, our parents are both very involved in our lives, and we do a lot of things still as a family unit. Um, and so we're very fortunate in that regard. Um, Matt is 13 months younger than me, so he's 27. Um, he was diagnosed with autism when he was, I think, two and a half. Um, he is a just tell it like it is kind of guy. You never need to know, you never don't know what Matthew's thinking. Um, he'll just give it to you straight. Um, so if, you, <laughs> no filter. if you're looking for, some, if no you're looking for someone to cushion it, don't yeah. go to Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he's or to keep a, a secret. That's uh, my, <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, never. You're like, Matt, it's a secret. It's like, I can't tell you. It's a secret. And then you, somebody knows you got yeah. a secret. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, oh, whoops. It was a secret. Sorry, guys. So, <laughs> I love Matthew. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. a lot of whoops. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, he does funny things where, like, if he gets mad, he'll pull down, like, his eyelid and stare at you. Like, <gasps> you know, like, Give that's, his, eye. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's thing. Guy. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if it's just the older sister or whatever. I tend to take the brunt of Matthew's grumpiness. Um, so, it, this Oldest. time you're like, Matthew. And he's like, oh, sorry. I'll try again. Um <laughs> But, I mean, honestly, with us all being so close in age, like, I think that was one of the best gifts ever. Yeah, that's is, um, I mean, from him, like, he's very literal. So, I mean, and the best part is, like, he just takes everything day by day. Everything's easygoing. Things that would stress us out, don't stress him out. Wow. Like, it's fabulous. Um, I mean, so really, I've just learned to enjoy life from Matt because he enjoys life. He enjoys the little things. If he gets to go to Target and get something, that's the greatest gift ever to him. <laughs> Whereas, like, we're stressing out about bills and whatever, and he's just like, yeah. come on, guys, we have to watch Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad, uh, our, our father pointed that out quite often, and he had a way to make that whole thing funny 
and um, it was with our brother Billy, and he mm-hmm. would, uh, you know, like say, "Hey, Billy, um, I got a shutoff notice on the electric bill," you know, and Billy would be singing a Mister Rogers theme, you know, and that was his yeah. answer. <laughs> My dad, yeah. yeah, you know, and he would just kind of, you know. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> No oh, stress right. there, yeah. Dave. Honestly, I think one of my fondest memories of Matthew um, when I was teaching is I'm a very touchy-feely person, <laughs> very huggy, lovey, you know, like I'm ready to just, if I meet you, I'm going to hug you, you know. That's just the way I am. I'm a very open, lovey person. And Matthew was, I mean, he definitely put up his mm-hmm. don't touch me kind of thing. And I had to really remind myself like this, not everybody is like this, and especially individuals with autism, sometimes they right. struggle with that, you know? So one time in class, this literally put tears in my eyes because I knew then that I had finally connected with Matthew. Mm-hmm. I had put my hand on the desk, which was like right in front of him. And I just, I didn't do it for any other, no conscious reason, just put my hand down on the desk. And all of a sudden I felt one finger touch my finger. Uh. <laughs> and I yeah. looked down and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, That's one great. thing, even with us, he's very particular about when he will and will not. Yeah. Like, he's like, no thanks, don't touch me. Yep, yep. One of his things is he is very uncomfortable, especially, like, if it's myself or mom, like, we get upset. Yeah. Like, and I actually recently, it was, he did something <clears throat> that, like, he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing. And I called him on it because I was attached to my phone. So I got an alert. And I came downstairs and we, we firmly had a conversation. Wasn't happy with me. I walked away and I came back a couple minutes later and I could tell he was crying. Which for Matthew, I can probably count on one hand my entire life how many times I've seen him truly cry. Yeah. And I'm like, Matt, what's wrong? He's like, I just went to my room to cry, Hillary. And I was like, buddy, listen. I go, I'm, so then I'm like, wait a minute. You did the wrong thing and I'm the one that's I know. <laughs> but like, then I was like, can I give you a hug? And he's like, yeah, I just need a hug. Aww. And I was like, okay. But like, there were times where, like I'd be crying, like when someone we knew passed away, and he'd be like, if you just look, and I'm, mom's like, what do you need to do? He's like, I think I should hug her. <laughs> like, he still won't just jump in and do it. No. Like, I think I should, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's one thing where, like, his boundaries still, like, he's very, even particular with us, like, nope, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. And like, but that's the thing. We're fortunate enough. Matt's very verbal. Yeah. Yeah. So you never need, to wonder what he's thinking he'll tell you stop touching me or get away from me yeah or <laughs> like my favorite is what how verbal he is and how literal he is he's got the greatest like statements that are just his one-liners like if i say matt are you laughing at me if i do something funny he's like no i'm laughing next to you <laughs> john uh, says that too he'll I'm say laugh- laughing he'll with never you. say yeah. laughing with you I'm he'll la- never say laughing, laughing you. at yeah. you yeah, very, you know, because he knows that that's a very negative yeah. thing. Uh-huh. So say, John, are you laughing at me? And he'll go, no, laughing with you. Yeah, that you know? was one right. of his like, No, I'm laughing next to you because that's where he is. He's next to you. I love it. Uh-huh. I and love it. New, and his new one lately is anytime I'm having a conversation with him, whether it's on the phone or in person, like, what else do you want to talk about? Nothing, Hillary. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. <laughs> great. He's great. I love it. <laughs> So, You're like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> what uh, What do you do now? What What do you do for a career? I mean, I know, but tell the world what you. Uh... I am a special education teacher, and I work in an integrated preschool setting in Orchard Park, New York. 
So what that means is half of my students are have disabilities and the other half are um, typical. So it's, I'm very fortunate that my students get to have those interactions and I work with three to five year olds. So it's nothing abnormal for them. Mm -hmm. Like it's fabulous from year to year to watch those relationships grow and to see how there's nothing different per se. Like the kids are just kids. They play. Yeah. And that's why I love that age group. They're just kids. Like, and they're so understanding and want to help and just want to play, which is fabulous, which is why I love that age group and what I do. So when did and I you think decide? That's, oh, oh, go ahead, Beck, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when did you decide to become a, a teacher, a special ed teacher, and and was it your was it Mark that that shaped that choice for you? Matthew. Out of curiosity, Matthew. Um, Matthew, Mark. I would say yes. Matthew definitely had an influencing role. Um, I truly can't remember a time I didn't want to be a special ed teacher. I have memories going back as far as when that first got diagnosed, like when. People were coming in and doing ABA with him. Um, and for those that don't know, ABA is called Applied Behavioral Analysis, where basically they just break down basic skills, like matching and identifying things and working on those types of skills. Um, and I have really big memories of those from, I would have been three or four at the time. I remember them coming in and doing that. And I'm fortunate enough now at 28 to actually have my own experience with ABA in teaching it um, and seeing those benefits for myself, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She's, Hillary was one of those people when I, when I got to know her that you knew she was just destined for this. Like this was, this was, it was just, I think predetermined in the stars <laughs> that, that Hillary was going to be, you know, um, this was going to be her career path. She's perfectly cut out for it. And um, she just, is such an amazing individual and probably, you know, I've never gotten the privilege to see you teach, but um, I've seen you in action in other ways. And I can only imagine what a benefit you are to those children. Oh yeah. Truly. I like what you said about the kids. Just you, you watch the relationship build over the course of, of a, a semester or whatever. And yeah. you know, those are uh, that's, that's really fantastic because Back in the, when, we, when we were young and going to school, there they were beginning integration, but there was there was still quite a bit of, of segregation, and um, I, I it's fantastic that it, that they're just experiencing right. that growing up. I mean, we there was a lot of teasing that went on mm-hmm. because of right. that segregation, and now that everyone's just integrated, now there's still bullying, and, and sadly that stuff goes on. Right. But I really believe that uh, you know these kids will have a different life too just like you said you said earlier that you just learn to appreciate life right and and i it, feel like everyone has an individual lesson and that, mm-hmm. that's what's uh, really uplifting to hear about what, what you shared there right and going off that like i mean both sides my students who are neurotypical and my kids with disabilities they're learning from each other which i think is one of the greatest gifts they get mm-hmm. um, Obviously, a lot of the kids are young kids with disabilities and are not having fucking struggle socially. So they get in those social um, lessons from their typical peers. But our typical peers learn understanding and patience and things like that. Um, learn those social lessons from 
their peers. Oh. I'm so glad Larry brought up the fact of our generation, and this is kind yeah. of why we are really glad to hear from this younger generation yeah. when we talk to Claire and then you, right. the difference in what we see um, and what we experienced as siblings um, versus what is happening now. And right. it was really sad. Um, Billy, you know, was never really integrated into his school mm-hmm. community. He was always, you know, in some corner classroom in the building and they weren't included in any of the events of their building. Um, John was a little bit more capable and able to go out and try to do some jobs in the school, but um, was very, very teased and very mocked. Yeah, that's why the, so, that's, that's why John developed that. I'm laughing with you, not at you. Right, that was right. That was a big thing for him. He, even when people and, weren't laughing, if right. they were at another table, a group of kids laughing at lunch, they he assumed right. it was at him. Right, and right. so I think looking at this younger generation and knowing that that change started to happen uh, mid early to mid nineties soon after John and Billy got out of school and watching your generation come grow up. And it was so much more normal for even you, Hillary, while you were in school to see kids that had disabilities integrated into their, you know, into their building, into activities as often as possible to, you know, to a point of safety. Um, And, and so these future generations, even more sensitivities and more, acceptance will be fostered through that philosophy because um like you said even the typical kids learn from the other children right and what you know i mean as a sibling and knowing what it was like for john and billy that really makes me happy beyond anything i can express because it was really hard for larry and i i think i mean larry and i've talked we even mentioned it with claire that we were so defensive, yeah. so defensive of our siblings to, you know, probably a couple times going a little overboard, yeah. you know, because <laughs> we were so tired of constantly watching them get made fun of and bullied right. and picked on for no other reason other than they were a little different, yeah. right? You know, and it was just, Larry and I really struggled with that as siblings, and so I'm super proud of these future generations that are changing that. Right. And it, it's been a slow change, but it's been a change. Right. And I feel like mine might be a little different because, I mean, you know my group of friends that I grew oh. up with. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that my friends, like, because I feel like with a, being a sibling of someone with a disability, you're always kind of on that edge. You're always yep. watching. You're always investing, like, mm-hmm. looking. Yep. Checking to make sure they're good. I knew when we were at school, in high school, he was good. Yeah. If I wasn't there, one of my friends was watching him. Somebody had eyes on him. He was good. Yeah. And, like, so now as we're older and we're out of high school, I feel like when we go and do outings, like, obviously I'm encouraging, like, him cashing out and all that by himself. But you're always still watching. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's a little quirky. So, like, if we were out and about, like, if you were watching, like, you might know something's up. So, like, you're always still on edge waiting just because you never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because fortunately, I mean, the world is becoming more understanding and things like that. But you never know. There's always right. that one person. Yep. And 
So you're always ready to kind of, if you need to, jump into that settling mode. And yeah. Like, go if you got to because. <laughs> go if you got to. I yeah. love it. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> because, like I've been saying, Matt's very literal. Sometimes he doesn't understand yeah. those things. Yeah. And Matt is fortunate enough that he's high enough functioning that he's working. Right. He, he does work. And, I mean, we have a private bus company that transports him. But I know as a family, we've even debated, like, there were times when we were debating, like, having him Uber. Mm-hmm. And I know my mom was more willing to do it. I was very apprehensive and very protective of it. And I was like, I don't I don't know about that. Like, mm-hmm. how does Matthew know, like, okay, yes, we've already paid the person. If the person tries to take advantage and say, oh, listen, you got to pay me. Matthew's going to be like, okay. Yeah. So, like, there were lots of conversations as a family. And then as we kind of came to our decision approaching that, because sometimes we make have family discussions on the side about things that might affect Matt and then bring him in once kind of we debated the options and then to them. Sure. Wow. Get our ducks in a row and then kind of have a family conversation with him. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's real good. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, some of the harder times growing up that you that you remember make sure you visit us at supporting siblings.com and i also would like to invite you to check out verbal.com a new platform where you can listen to supporting siblings and thousands and thousands of other podcasts music ebooks all kinds of stuff that's verbal v-u-r-b-l.com and we'll be right back SupportingSiblings.com, Laura and I and uh, guest Hillary today. I, I love what you've shared so far, so far, and we want to talk about uh, some things like it, there were there were times when we were kids where it was difficult for us. There, there were incidents that would happen, hospitalizations, emergencies that would interfere with life. And what can you tell us, like a, a particular incident that was really hard? How did you cope with it? Or how did you address the more difficult times you're growing up in high school, um, mm-hmm. you know, dating, that sort of thing? Did that uh, go ahead and share with us? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think back. We're very fortunate. Matthew was never like when you think of autism, he never had those behaviors that you think of of aggression or frustrating or can- extreme tantruming or things like that. So we're very fortunate in that regard. And Matt's a very easygoing guy. Um, even for me when he was little, um, but he can be stubborn. So like, there's just times where like, we're making this, like going places and things like, and he's like, no, thanks. And you're like, we're going. <laughs> um, but I do remember when we were little, obviously he was getting the whole shebang of therapies. Um, so like there was a lot of going and with me with having three of us in two and a half years, I remember there was just a lot of me going with them. So sometimes it was just a lot of, I can't go play outside. I got to go with mom to take Matthew to whatever therapy he had or whatever, or go help mom pick Matthew up because both of my brothers got speech when they were younger. And then Matthew also got some other related services. So I just remember running around a lot and those types of things. And like we briefly mentioned, just kind of always, I feel like I've just always been on guard more and like more aware and the one thing I feel like it's not necessarily Matthew involved difficult time, but myself was that growing up quicker than everybody else. 
living mm-hmm. a sibling of um, an individual with disabilities. I don't have any apprehension or anything towards Matthew for it, but like it's just something neat. Like siblings with of those with disabilities have to work through, mm-hmm. um, because that's just a part of our life. Our life is different than everybody else. Well said. We've talked about that. And, you know, Larry and I have talked about it and even with Claire that, you know, sometimes the needs of your siblings come first. And, you know, just like you said, where you might not have been able to do exactly what you wanted to do at the moment because you had to pick Matthew up or take him somewhere. And and so it forces you Mm -hmm. to kind of and I've always used the phrase fall in line. You just kind of you just kind of have to do what you have to do. Right. And and sometimes through no fault of our parents and just exactly. in a family unit that more is expected of us because yeah. they, you know, they absolutely kind of just need us to grow up and right. help, you know. And so looking back as a child, that's frustrating. As an adult, you realize, well, that was probably a good thing for me because it made right. me mature. And I, and I don't have to, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, I certainly don't consider myself whiny or right. ungrateful, you know, exactly. you, you realize that those are attributes that now you carry in your character. And again, I'm not trying to say like, oh, we're, you know, so much better than everybody else. That's not what I'm no. saying. It just by default happens. Exactly. And it's not bad. It just, it just no. is what it is. <laughs> right. And I'm saying that and I, no, my mother's going to listen. So, like, that's why I'm also saying, like, I want them to know. Like, I'm, as a child, I didn't necessarily understand it, and at times was frustrated. Sure. Now, as a grown-up, I'm grateful for it, and I appreciate it because it made me who I am. Absolutely. also helps lead me to the path I'm on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know now, as an, like, now an example is we're older, is, I'm sure you know this, Matthew's a picky eater. <laughs> I probably could list you the 10 foods that we like to eat. So one of the things we always discuss as a family is obviously we have those normal places, normal restaurants and places we go. But whenever we're going somewhere new, it's a, hey, pull up the menu. Yeah. See what they got. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, make the decision ahead of time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah or, just hey, plan let's ahead. call ahead and see, can they, will they let us bring something in? Or, hey, can they adapt something? There's always those steps which, most people don't have to think of. They just walk into a restaurant, but we're like, if Matt's coming, we have to make sure there's something he'll eat. That's not just French fries. <laughs> I'm plugging in because I had to plug in because I'm running out of battery. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's okay. No so problem. I had to take the headphones off. Hopefully the sound quality is still the same. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's okay. You're fine. Yeah, I can definitely relate to all of that. And that's why it's really nice to see, you know, to hear from other people um, who are younger than Larry and I, just to know that, you know, what we went through as kids is, you know, not that you're like, oh, good, it's still happening. That's not what I mean. It's just right. what I mean is that, you know, we, we definitely can relate to one another. And that's right. our goal with this podcast is to reach out to those siblings and say, hey, listen, we right. get it. You know, exactly. we understand. And I spoke with someone over the weekend who I'm going to, you know, start getting involved with um, an organization here in Western New York called Donnie. And you might be okay. aware of it. It's Developmental Disabilities Awareness with Western New York. And yeah, um, congrats on that, Laura. 
Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to be on the family committee, and um, I'm really excited about it because this is where, you know, the foot hits the ground for action Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff for um, individuals. And I, you know, I, I, I just said, like, from the, you know, through my conversations with some individuals through Johnny that, you know, when we decided to do this podcast, Larry and I really talked about it and maybe a year and a half or so had passed after our mom had passed away. And um, we both kind of felt like we had gone through our grieving process and we were like, we need to do something. Right. And, you know, when you look at what is available for sibling support, there, there's some, but not much. Exactly. It kind of encompasses, like, you know, the siblings, even with work through your care coordinators and different agencies, Mm -hmm. support is for the family. It isn't necessarily directed towards siblings. And we have a very different approach in our care for our siblings than our parents will. Yeah. Um, We have our life that we have we have tried to build and do, you know, good things and have families and careers ourselves. And then, you know, there comes that point where Larry and I are at, where we are now caretakers for our brothers, um, which we agreed to do wholeheartedly and without reservation. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't bring in its complications. Exactly. Um, You know, and for our life and family, when you want to take your children on a vacation and, you know, you want to do things with your spouse, Mm-hmm. And you are incorporating and planning things around your siblings. Um, John's getting ready to go take a trip to, down to Larry come April. You know, and when, when Larry and I talked, Larry lives in Nashville. And when Larry and I talked, I said, how long can you take them? Three weeks a month. <laughs> right. You know, I teased Larry and said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pull in your driveway chuck his bags out of the yeah, car and sit gravel out. when I'm leaving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Larry's always really good where I can tag him in, you know, unfortunately this past year hasn't allowed us yeah. the freedom to do that, but John typically travels down to Larry a lot more often. Yeah, he was supposed to come down in the middle of the year last year yep. and just, they weren't, yep. they weren't letting him do anything right. as we know. Yeah. So the, the, the privilege of being able to tag in, you know, your other siblings so that you can get a mental break is good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, so tell me about your, like, what do you and your mom have you sat down and discussed? You know, my mom had a folder and she used to, la- she had literally had it labeled in the event. And mm-hmm. I hated having these conversations with her, but they were conversations that we had to have prior to anything happening to her. Yeah. My dad was already deceased. So we had to have those conversations and they weren't fun. But yeah. What has what has your family discussed if you don't if, if that's you know not too personal? Right. No, like you guys, we've had many of those conversations. Um when Matthew turned eighteen was kind of right around when he was starting to turn eighteen was kind of when a lot of these conversations started. So I would have been nineteen at the time. Um and obviously my mom had to sign for guardianship, things like that, and she broached the topic of would I be the alternative mm-hmm. alternative. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am actually Matt's alternative guardian. So, if and eventually when something happens to my parents, um, I will be his guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and those types of things. Um, and we've had many conversations about that and what we see for Matt in the future. Um, 
and just kind of figuring things out as we go along. But yeah, like you said, those conversations are hard to have, mm-hmm. but they need to happen. So that way we have our ducks in a row. They do. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing my mom did the same thing when, um, you know, when she got guardianship of John and Billy, um, I was listed as the same thing, co-guardian. Yeah. Um, and so it was a smoother transition after she passed away than it would have been if we didn't have that in place. Exactly. It still was a very tedious, arduous yep. process. Um, and just like, oh my gosh, I thought we went through all this already, but I'm just uh-huh. warning you ahead of time that you're like, are you kidding me right now? I have to fill out for the past 28 years of my life where I have lived. <laughs> right. And every single person that was in my household and, it's just, you know, but I couldn't imagine if we didn't have that in place, how much more difficult it would have been. Right. So, you know, if there's, if anyone listens, I would encourage you to really take that bull by the horns beforehand, because afterwards it will be much more difficult. Um, you know, so I'm really proud of you. I know that this is not, you know, like I said, it isn't something that, and, and we mentioned this with Claire, that not every sibling is willing to... Right to do that and it, it's not I, I, I don't say those things as judgmental it's just maybe it's not possible they may yeah. live in another state they you know right. Larry and I I mean you know I, on paper I'm the guardian because of my location and all right. that kind of stuff sometimes it's not an easy thing for a sibling to accept that responsibility right. when when I say that we we truly have our own lives Right. You know, and, and we have careers and families and maybe things that require us to maybe a job that requires you to travel often, which makes right. things even more difficult. And fortunately, you know, I mean, we all have kind of, you know, you kind of plan for these things when, you know, you're planning for the future. You take into those, those things into consideration, but it isn't an easy role to just assume you can do, you know, yeah. um, so I'm proud of you. I know that that's not a easy choice. <laughs> and I mean, I've learned more about like, I feel like things that are easy for everybody that are not easy for individuals with disabilities, like the money factor, man, there is so much. I, I have learned so much about paperwork and SSI. I know. Yeah. I oh, they make it nice and fun. Oh my God. And recently we had to go do some updated testing or something for Matt. And obviously with COVID, my mom was work- is working in a COVID ICU. They're like, yeah, no, you can't come in with him. We we don't want you. And just fortunately enough, I came. Just, yeah. It was actually my first time going to one of them just so I could see what it was about. And that was an experience in itself because yeah. you have to let him answer. But yeah. I know he's not understanding what they're right. saying. <laughs> If you present the question this way, you'll get a better answer. Right. Because so basically <laughs> I was doing the, hey, can I rephrase it for you? Or yeah. it have to be asked that way. <laughs> yes, he doesn't get it. You have to say it this way. Right. Yeah. Like, there was a lot, of Matt, a lot of Matt looking at me, and I'm like, I can't answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, normally that's a metal look at mom. And he takes. Anybody asks him a question, it's a look at mom, and I'm like, mother's not answering for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Laura, you were talking, you said, uh, you brought up the word travel a minute ago, a minute ago mm-hmm. there, just about, but in the sense of travel, did you guys, uh, uh, did you do family vacations? How does Matthew do traveling? John John loves it. 
he, a year ago this week, we were in California just before all this mm-hmm. happened, and he was on top of the world. But how does how's, uh, Matthew do? And did you guys do family vacations? We did family vacations. Um, I'm sure Ms. Toby remembers this. Matt is a Disney fanatic. Disney. <laughs> um, so I, know, I remember we took at least two Disney trips when we were younger. Um, Matt likes trips. He travels well. He gets it. But he's one that, like, he likes to go for a short time and come home. Like, he's one that, like, he's got his routine. So, like, even if we're at Disney, he wants to be in bed by 8.30. You guys got to figure that out. Um, but, like, he loves to travel. Like, if he could go to Disney every single year, he'd be the happiest man on the planet. Oh. Um, so he likes to travel. He does well with all that. But he's a short-term, like, a shorter trip kind of guy because, yeah. you know, and, like, I remember a few years ago we took a trip to Cancun to, so, like, just that whole customs experience was different. So like kind of prepping him for that. Like, so if it's anything abnormal, we kind of prep him, but he likes to travel. He likes going places, but he's still got to follow his routine during that travel. So those are things you keep in mind while you're traveling with Matthew. Yeah. Well, we (laughs) have a, (laughs) I got to go rest now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or I got to have some quiet time is my favorite line. I got to have some quiet time. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's your cue to leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> we often say things like when John says, John's famous line is if you ask him a question that is going to require a, um, you know, a decision, a decision that mm. he may not necessarily like. His response right. is, I'll think about I'll it. I'll think about it. Oh, yeah. 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 Translation, that means heck no. <laughs> right. Matthew's got one of those. Where I like, just, yeah. I just, think he's like, I'll think about it. And you're like, you yeah. can tell me yes or no. Yeah. He's like, I'll think about it. And I was like, yeah. that's not an answer. Yeah. John, and he says it a very specific way. He says it real fast. And he'll go, I'll think about it like that, you know. And yes. then, you know, Larry and I will usually look at yeah, each other that and means go, no. well, that was a bug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It, it never no. changed. If he says, I think about it, he'll never say yes or he'll never say no. Uh-huh. I, he's maybe changed once or twice, but that's right. where that will remain. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And as we. To reassure him, like you can say no, <laughs> right, right, like that's okay. okay. Like sometimes Matt's like just kind of afraid of upset, like upsetting you or making the wrong choice. So sometimes that's what you'll get. I'll think about it. And you're like, you can tell me what you're thinking, right, right. Like <laughs> we're a tell it as it is kind of family. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just do it. Love it. <laughs> So can as we uh, wrap up and boy what a what a uh, a great episode Hillary shared some some nice stuff nice nice history and uh, wonderful what you're doing one thing is there anything that happened while you were growing up with your family that you, it's it sounds like you chose being a teacher at a very young age where you said I want to do this better or something had happened and where you had a moment uh, growing up. <laughs> or was it just I mean it might have just been a slow evolve like right I'm gonna I, be a good teacher I can't wait to teach you know yeah <laughs> I mean now that I'm in it I have more understanding or I'm like oh like I feel like now that I'm in the career like looking back at some things I have a better understanding of ah. okay this is why he was doing things tip. that way that I didn't but like in the moment I just knew I wanted to do good yeah like I knew I wanted to do good um and help others the way that Matthew would help. I didn't necessarily know how I would do it, but I knew I wanted to try and help those individuals like yeah. he was helped. 
but and that's I mean, amazing too i mean yeah. i i was uh i i left the field professionally 20 years ago to pursue djing but i was mm-hmm. a job coach too and worked at group homes and yeah. um so that uh i i was i know that feeling you're talking about yeah just, there's a level of joy that you get with this too that you right, get nowhere exactly. else that, and we get it you know the there's love. there's so much that that comes into you know, I've often said that one of the things that I, as a teacher, I try to remember is that this stru- school can be a stressful situation yeah. sometimes for parents. And I, I, if I can relieve that stress exactly. for them, then, you know, I don't want them to feel stressed when their child enters my classroom. Right. Like, and we're prepping for a CFC meeting because I, I exactly. get it. Exactly. You get it, you know, and it isn't easy to sit there and talk about their child in a meeting and discuss everything that they can't do and where they're falling short. You know, I, I, it, there, I want them to realize that I look at their child as, as I would want someone to look at mine, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. so I think we naturally as siblings, we carry a level of empathy, you know, that, that others may not necessarily have. You gain it with experience and time in your career, but we just kind of naturally have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it might just be to a greater degree. Larry and I often say, you know, like Larry, one time Larry texted me just recently. He had gone to a grocery store and uh, he was able to pick someone out who was working, you know, that had a disability in the grocery store and some things that this individual was saying. And we just get so much joy out of that. Yeah. You see them functioning in yeah. society. Yeah. Right, in spite of their difficulties, it was. Exactly. It teared me up. You know? He was so happy, and he was battling his own moment right. there, yeah. at doing the job, and it, it almost jerked a tear out of me. You know, like it's. And I, I immediately, hug, you know? <laughs> I immediately texted that information to two of my great, you know, greatest friends at work, and right. said, "You guys have to hear this because you'll get it." You know, right. yeah. and just you know, saying my brother was just at a store and he saw this person, and because of the job we do. Exactly you know, prepping them for work. This He was working through, you know, a, a stimming moment. And it was just exactly. like, oh, like, you know, things that we're doing and we're trying to do right. to prepare them. It, it worked. And, and, you know, it was, an, it was like a real life moment. And Larry and I can often pick out, and I'm sure you can yeah. too, those, you know, individuals mm-hmm. who are at work, who are trying real hard to, yeah. you know, to maintain and do their thing. And we just have that, we feel magnetically drawn to them. Yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, I can, hey, how you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, come and hang with me for a little while. Talk to me while you're Basically. working. You know, yeah. because we just, we get it. We just get it. <laughs> right. And like you were saying, the empathy, the empathy for the kids, but also the empathy for the parents. Like, yeah. I'm with the little guys. So, like, especially now with COVID, like, there's been so much where I'm like, listen, it's okay if they don't have their letters and their numbers they're okay socially and emotionally. That's where my goal is. And like the parents, like they're stressing out what their kids, like when we're talking about what their kids can't do it. I'm like, but you're going to be amazed at where they are in a year. Yeah. You are going to be amazed. It's like my age group is, you see tons of growth. That's why I love the age group, even in just a 12 month period. And some of our kids are with us from two to five. Yeah. They start in our early intervention programs. So we literally see them for two thirds of their life yeah. at that point. And it's mm. crazy the growth they make. And you're like, look back at this child who wasn't speaking and now has no problem telling you what they need. Yeah, exactly. Or what they're feeling. <laughs> and you're like, 
okay, now remember when they, they didn't talk? Now they won't stop calling my name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, those are those moments where I'm like, now look at it. Or, like, right. the parents that's struggling, and you're like, listen, I know it's hard at this time to see it, but I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, from personal experiences, because I play it kind of a case-by-case, case, but, like, I have no problem sharing with my family that I have a sibling with a disability. Yeah. But I don't have to, like, go and broadcast it, but I will share that willingly with a parent that I feel like could use that information to get that I get where they're coming from. Exactly. Right. Little bits of And I have that understanding like that. of it. That's, yeah. yeah. So. And that came from your entire life right there. That That's where that, you know, it just gets ingrained and it grows with you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I, I really enjoy this, Laura. Thanks for setting up two great guests. Uh, I, You're welcome. I'm really enjoying that we're getting the new perspective of a younger generation out there. And mm-hmm. to hear about, you know, some progress right out of the gate. I mean, that, you know, you're seeing relationships build in an integrated setting. And, um, and that's just wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Is there any wrapping thing that... You have Laura that we didn't cover before. I don't think so. I mean, I think I'm just really thankful. You know, Hillary, it's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, it was super nice to be able to get to see you. Um, You know, this darn COVID stuff. I think that we're that you know we're just going to throw a huge party after it's all over, (laughs) right? So we can just you know all hug because boy do I miss hugging. Um, (laughs) I need hugs. Um, so but, go ahead uh, and Matt. We'll cut. We'll stop I, you. Yeah, he'll <laughs> probably, Mrs. Tobia. You know better. Like don't hug uh-huh. me. <laughs> Not um, You know, but I'm just really thankful that you know for for our relationship that mm-hmm. developed after you graduated, and the relationship that I was able to form with your mom and and you and your brother. That you know, what a blessing it's been to know all of you. And to watch you grow, although I had no doubts in my mind whatsoever when you were in school. Um, and, you know, when Claire was on, too, to be able to maintain these relationships um, keeps me, um, I think, focused in my career as well. To remember that there is life beyond high school. And it's just really cool to be able to see people grow and develop, whether they were my student or the sibling, um, you know, to see them flourishing and doing well is just so rewarding i'm moving the dogs are about to <laughs> well thanks again thank you again hillary this thank was you for wonderful having yes me. So much fun. and again uh, visit us uh keep following us at supporting siblings.com and i really encourage you to go check out verbal.com v-u-r-b-l you can find supporting siblings uh right there and you can follow us and uh looking forward to seeing this new platform grow Hey, do you want to make the world a better place? Commit a random act of kindness to a complete stranger. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a not so typical at gmail.com or visit supporting sibs.transistor.fm and connect with us on all our socials.